0: Welcome to Tokyo Inklings, my name is CY, you can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on my Instagram at tokyostationpens, and on my Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And
1: my name is Jacob, and I'm Foodafan on Instagram and on Twitter, and I have a blog at foodafan.com.
0: All right, so thank you, thank you, um, as always, to everybody who listens to the show. I've gotten some really nice messages uh, recently. And even um, on Reddit, I've seen some people talking about our podcast. So I'm really happy and really grateful um, for everybody's support of this show. Um, And if you haven't done so yet, please uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes or I think Spotify has a uh, rating system as well because that really helps us. And if you're willing to go even one step further to write a review, that will really help other people discover this podcast and help us grow. And, um, you know, I think that's always a good um, motivator for us. And I sent you a link, Jacob, last time to uh, our uh, the link to our um, reviews. And you always shy away from reading those, right?
1: Yeah, I didn't read them.
0: (laughs) Okay, so um, let's try to read some uh, reviews, shall we? Because I think it's always nice to see what uh, what people write about us.
1: Sure. Go ahead.
0: A Window into the East. This review is by um, SealCat6 from uh, from the Slack channel.
1: Mm.
0: And uh, I think I haven't read this yet, so let me read this. It's a five-star review. Um, a Window into the East. This podcast is a delight and gets so much right. Easy, relaxed chemistry between the two hosts and a flowing, knowledgeable conversation on the pens and inks of Japan. The hosts can debate trends and attitudes. They supply fascinating nuggets of information and background. And they can discuss the details and intricacies of both pens and inks. A new pen or acquisition is not just enjoyed, it is appreciated for its details. And the commentary frequently adds the understanding of the culture and art of the Japanese pen world. Tokyo Inklings is a magnificent contribution. Keep it up.
1: That's very well, nice.
0: Yeah. Um, thank you very much, Sealcat Six. Uh, we really, really appreciate you and your support. And uh, and yeah, we we enjoy uh, doing what we do. And I think that's the secret to um, the you know the chemistry and the the conversation that we have. We just simply enjoy what we're doing, and we we enjoy bringing this content to you. Yeah. Now speaking of acquisitions, um, maybe I can start first. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So actually just a few minutes before this call, uh, I I received a uh, ring on the doorbell. And a few months ago, I don't know if you remember this, but a few months ago Pelican uh, released another special edition of their M800. Now, M800 special editions are I guess fairly common, but what's not so common are the demonstrator uh, variations with the engraving. And Pelican has had several editions of these. I think most of the Western audience will be aware of the English engraving. Um, that's the most common one. And the English one came in both M800 and M805, which is the silver trim. Uh, what some people might not know is that they also released one for Spanish. Um, they mm. had released one for Korean. And just this year, they released uh, they released two, actually, 2 M800, mm. so the gold trim for both um, simplified and traditional Chinese. Right, right. And I had ordered this from Muse Pens, um, but, you know, COVID is really a test of patience for everybody. So I'd waited for about half a year-ish. Uh, yeah, I remember buying it around my birthday, so around in June. Yeah, so half a year-ish uh, to receive this pen, and it has finally arrived in my hands. Um, and I have to say, it, it's it's quite pretty, and I feel like now I need to hunt down the <laughs> Korean version one, and hopefully they'll make a Japanese version one mm. as well. I think that would be uh, really cool to collect. Now this pen um, in particular, I think the, probably the most interesting part about it, although you know the engravings are mm. interesting in and of themselves, mm. is that this pen has a factory 3B nib.
1: Oh, that's very nice.
0: Yeah, 3B. So uh, maybe I'll keep it this way um, for the moment. Uh, bring it for you to try next time. Mm. And then I'm going to probably grind this down.
1: So I was reading somewhere, I can't remember where it was, but I was reading that uh, these uh, pelican demonstrators in Japan are sometimes called uh, peliske.
0: Ah, but, that's, yeah, that's funny. Pelican, uh, pelican skeleton.
1: Exactly right. Because I think we, maybe we talked about that before, but you know, um, Nagasawa, they sell these pens as uh, sensuke. And proske, and senske stands ah, for a century yes. skeleton, proske is prophet skeleton, and prophet, skeleton of course is, or not of course, but skeleton means, or usually what we call a demonstrator pens in Japan, so then of course peliske is the pelican skeleton. Yeah, and it's a good point that you bring up, because
0: in Japan, if you go into a store and you say, I want a demonstrator, yeah. um, a lot of times people won't understand what you're saying. Right. So you have to say you want, you're want you looking for a skeleton pen. Yeah, and yeah. Then people will know that you're looking for a demonstrator. Exactly. All right,
1: um, Jacob, any uh, interesting things from your side? Um, not anything. Pens that I can remember, but I have uh, been looking more into paper and uh, notebooks as I have spent most of my most of the year doing. Actually, I've been more into paper than uh, ink and pens this year, I think, and I've really enjoyed you know, looking at various types of paper, you know, various notebooks and ring binders and so on. And that has led me to these plotter ring binders that we've we, ta- we talked about them before, and uh, there these are very high quality ring binders, and what I like in particular, and I think one one of the most attractive features of these plotter ring binders is that they're very slim, right? So if you look Mm -hmm. at most ring binders, they tend to be quite bulky, right? Because the rings themselves tend to be quite big, and then there are all kinds of pockets, there are pen holders, the cover might be thick, and it all adds to the bulk, right? Mm. While these plotter ring binders, they are quite slim, the rings are, are smaller, and, you know, it's got a very high quality leather cover, and Got the rings and that's it. It's got what you need and nothing else. So that um, they are very they, they fit into your your even in your pocket in some cases or in your bag. So a few months ago I bought this uh, Bible size. I think Bible is what's called pe- uh, personal size in uh, in, in Europe uh, and now I bought this even smaller one called the M6 or Mini 6. So I think we talked about Mini 6 and Micro 5 in the context of pocket notebooks before, but Mini 6 is one of those really small, it's basically the same size as these so-called pocket notebooks, right? Except that this, this is actually a ring binder and if you go to these stationary stores like Marazen and Itoy, there are tons of paper options for Mini 6 as well. You got to, you got the Ashford, uh, Tome River, Bindex. Um, you got all, all kinds of options so, so there are a lot of paper to choose from and you can easily make your own refills. So I now have this set up where my Bible size plotter is the one I use for, for note taking. So I have my you know, favorite writing paper like you know um, Midori and Life and so on while my M6 plotter is my ink testing one where I have like Numa paper like Tomo, uh, Tomo, Tomo River and and uh, bank paper Takasago and so on. So I didn't really like this setup.
0: You know what? I I, I really, um, you know, when we talked earlier this year, yeah. I was kind of ribbing on you on getting these like pocket notebooks. Right, right. No, pocket notebooks. But I've noticed actually that um, I kind of been wanting a smaller notebook myself because mm. the, the problem with the uh, the A5 that I have, the A5 Plotter, is that mm. sometimes it's too big to just take out but I'm now thinking if I have an A6, right, that's quite a good size mm. and I think A6 is still common enough uh, yeah. of a size that I can uh, I can probably find it anywhere. If not, I can make my own refills out of the A5 paper. Mm. Uh, and the A4 paper that I currently have, so I have to say that um, you know you're exerting a bit of your influence on me. I haven't committed on on it yet, but I kind of understand more hmm. the uh, the attractiveness right. of smaller sized um, books in the past few months.
1: And yet, you're the one who got me into plotters, right? Because you you bought your plotter before I did. And you know, I'm I'm a cheapskate. I don't like to spend a lot of money. And so the plotters are quite expensive. So I held off for a while, but then there was this sale at Itoya in Shibuya because they they were closing, I think. So it was like thirty percent off. So that's where I got my Bible size plotter earlier this year, and and then I got hooked.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I bought. Four plotters now uh i've <laughs> one for myself for akane mm. um for her mom and then now for my mom as well so kind of spreading the plotter uh around mm. but um but yeah definitely great books and I, I i think for sure um i don't know how big the market would be because i think sizing is so personal mm. but do you think it's hard to find um, paper for like M6 or, or um, you know, what, what you're talking about, like these more smaller sizes mm. that aren't honestly very common? I mean, if you find them, how do you find them?
1: And and uh, do you make some of your own? So if you go to the big stationery stores, you almost always find A5 Bible um, and sometimes M6, I mean if you go to Mother's of course you find all four like A5 uh, Bible, M6 and M5 uh, But if you go the, your small, I mean I, I went a few days ago I went to my local Aeon uh, supermarket and they had A5 Bible and they had some uh, M6 but the selection wasn't wasn't that good But of course if you go online onto you know, Amazon you find lots of M6 options and some of these uh, there are some, some stationery stores that have these custom-made M6 uh, refills with all kinds of interesting and um, uh, very ink-friendly versions. So I'm not
0: super familiar with the M6,
1: but what's the difference between an M6 and an A6? I think M6 is even smaller. I don't have the, the measurements in front of me, but in my head uh, I, I imagine M6 being smaller it's like a mini six right yeah okay okay um
0: all right uh anything else we want to talk about acquisitions no i think that's that's pretty much it all right then uh then let's move on because we've i think this is actually the first time that we've sat down and spoken to each other uh on the podcast um the first time in more than a month, yeah. Because we've done all these like special episodes and you know guest episodes, yeah. So we've got a lot of news to catch up on, yeah. Um, and I was listening to the Pen Addict uh, earlier this week, mm. and they were talking about the um the sailor kind of DIY pen, the, right. the pen that you can assemble yourself, right? Uh, and yeah. I was listening to this conversation, and I, I I just I was actually there at the event, um, and I, I think it's very interesting the kind of conversation that Brad and Mike had on the podcast uh, on The Pen Addict. But I think um, it's a bit uh, different, I think, from from the kind of conversation mm. that they were having versus what Sailor probably is trying to do. Mm. Um, at the event, at the the line... For this, uh, this make your own sailor mm. was actually extremely, extremely packed. Mm. And what we notice from sailor, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, but we notice in sailor that when they show at these, um, at these events, they don't bring out the
1: big guns. They don't bring out
0: stuff that you and I would find interesting.
1: Yeah, in particular, they don't. I mean, they don't bring anything that is like event exclusive. They always have. They always have a their ink studio line. They always have some uh, inks that are only available from their online store, like the, the Sherbert Color and uh, the Izakaya inks and the, the Irori Days. But there's nothing that you can only get at this event. The only exception is that when they occasionally do this, you know, Ishimaru ink blending workshops. But other than that, anything you find at t- sales table is something you can just find either on their online store or in your uh, local retail store.
0: But can you can you find their izakaya ink series online? Yes. Thought, oh, okay, okay. I thought those were um, a, uh event exclusive. There, there's also like some of the basic colors for like mm. uh, I don't know, like um, nichijo Joshi. I I don't remember the the name of the line, but mm. it's like some really really basic. Cause they have those. Um, but yeah, I, I, as you say. We there's not like, a lot of interesting stuff right at the sailor booth instead and i haven't talked to anybody from sailor but you know from going to the events and watching them i think it's pretty clear that sailors attendance at these events mm. is not geared towards selling like limited editions or, or special editions because the rest of the show is you know 80 percent that yeah but rather um when they show at events they want to make it easier for people who aren't necessarily into fountain pens Hmm. to try out one. So they have the very basic, basic stuff. As you said, you know, Ink Studio, Hmm. um, Inks, uh, they have their their steel nibs, uh, pens. I don't even think they have a lot of gold nib pens uh, at their booths, but mostly you see like the Pro Color, Profit Junior. And what I think is really interesting is that when they show at these big events, they're trying to capture that audience that um, might be into stationary overall, mm. not necessarily into fountain pens, and they want to make it fun for for these people. Right. And I have to say that at previous events, the Sailor booth has always been a disappointment, both yes. in terms of traffic and in terms of products. Yeah. So I was very surprised to see how many people were at this assemble your own Sailor mm. uh, kind of booth. That that booth was actually split out um, of their regular booth. And there was a line for that. And what I think they're trying to do is using this uh, make-your-own-sailor kind of uh, booth, they're trying to, again, direct traffic to their table so that people, especially at Bunga Joshi, right? Like, Mm. a lot of people at Bunga Joshi, they're not not fountain pen uh, addicts, let's Mm. say, like we are. Rather, Um, they're they're passing by and they say oh there's a place where you can cheaply make your own fountain pen let's try it It, it's something that's fun you know it's something Mm. that you can do even as a date or something I don't know Mm. Um, and for me this is actually quite a smart way for them to to lure traffic and I don't think that they're trying to expand this project to a retail or brick and mortar uh, kind of thing. Unless it's a sailor event, maybe at an ink blend blending event they, they might do this. And in fact Pilot does something like this already. Uh and I I've built my own pilot uh pen before. Really? But it yeah, they have it at, at their um at their events. So um sometimes, especially in Sosaikon, they have these uh build your own pilots. It's one of those cheap steel pens uh that are out of production. I think it's the pilot super um the, the old ones, the steel ones.
1: Oh, really? I haven't, they, I haven't seen that.
0: That's interesting. yeah so I, I made one there they're supposed to be uh, converter filled, but I, I did mine with eyedropper I threw mine away. Um, and it's really elementary, you know, if you know how to assemble a mm. fountain pen, you can do it in like three minutes. Sure. But the workshop takes an hour. It's kind of this fun thing, you know, you go, uh, you know, maybe on a date uh, with somebody who isn't necessarily into fountain pens. It's an interesting and fun way. But I don't think it's something that they want to do uh, retail. So right. there's not going to be a build your own pro gear mm. program. Um, that's not going to happen. Uh, there's not going to be a build your own 1911 program. That's, that's not going to happen uh, in any kind of immediate or long term future that I see for the mm. company.
1: Yeah, that might, that might be true and I agree that they, they kind of need something to make their, their event booths a bit more interesting. But as we have meant, talked about a bit um, um, you know, offline before, there are at least two other examples of uh, uh, where you can make your own pen in Japan. One is this brand uh, Fonte, that we talked about before, which is really just um, a rebranded Jinhao 992. But the company selling this Fonte pen, they have recently started uh, offering, like, you buy just the uh, pen without cap in either transparent or in a few colors and then you choose your own cap in whichever color you want and then you also buy a matching, matching cartridge in some colors so there's a little bit of customization there and our, our good friend Alessa talked about this in, he, in her um, uh, her video about the Inkunuma show. Uh, so there's more information about that there but also uh, we talked about Itoya so Itoya I think initially it was only Yokohama but I think now it's also in Tokyo they have this brand called Mighty and they have this little workshop called where you make your own Mighty pen like My Mighty so you choose your own cap, your own section, your own barrel, your own finial and from various different colors i don't i'm not sure how popular it is but i've seen it a few times
0: yeah and sometimes they have uh they have events in their stores i've seen the my Mm. mighty event at itoya ginza yeah and um itoya runs a brand also called romeo so it's kind of separate Mm. but the mighty is kind of like the lower end uh part of their their assortment yeah yeah all right so think enough about that we'll talk a bit more about something else we saw at Bungajoshi but before that you know just let's get all this sailor stuff out of the way because um, as usual there's a bunch of stuff yeah Um, sailor cocktail Negroni so we saw this on Instagram Uh, have you had a chance to look at it
1: I I saw the photo and I think what we discussed was it wasn't, wasn't clear to me at least whether this was a a Europe a European exclusive or I mean, where this pen is Penis going to be released?
0: Yeah, from uh what I read online, um it seems that it will be available around January ish. Mm. And um so I'm reading the description, right? The Sailor Professional Gear Slim Negroni is part of the cocktail series uh blah 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 blah. The edition is limited and is a europe exclusive edition that's what it says so i think that's uh, kind of exciting isn't it because there haven't been european exclusive sailors as far as i'm aware there have been some um na exclusive but never european exclusive
1: yeah I, I don't know i don't really know the history of behind of this uh, this cocktail series so uh, have they all been like worldwide before I, I, I don't know
0: yes they've generally been uh worldwide right. uh, started in 2011 with the asian way which is uh, the only 1911 in that series um and i know that you could get them at least from the us you could get them mm. here um and this year, the 10th anniversary with a Korea Azur, which is a cocktail that nobody's ever heard of before. And apparently they just made it up. Um, but yeah, so they're I guess they're starting a new cocktail series. This makes me wonder if they're going to continue the cocktail series in Japan and the US.
1: Yeah, I remember we talked about that when when they released that Korea Azur. If this is you know, the grand finale or if this is going to be more of them. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about the Azur now, by the way, is that um, it seemed a bit expensive at the time, but but now that pen is comparatively affordable if you look at the other pens, recent <laughs> pens in Sailor's lineup.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and this Sailor Nagani will be 180 euros ish, and um, it says that there's only going to be 500
1: made. It's what do you think about the strategy for them? Professor so, 180 euro to me that sounds like Pro Gear Slim size. Is it a slim? Yeah, it's a slim size. Is this is this the first slim pen in the Pro Gear series? In the uh, cocktail series?
0: Uh I'm not sure because
1: I don't own any. Mm. But I think the the cocktail series are Pro Gear Slims, no? Now, I know at least uh, I had one, the, the, the old-fashioned, and that was the, a full-size pro gear.
0: Okay, then, yeah, maybe uh, this might be the first one to be a slim size.
1: Mm, so maybe it's the start of something new then.
0: Yeah. And I wonder if that means that there won't be... Oh, yeah, you're right. It's um, the, the Korea is a full-size. But right. I wonder if that means that um, there won't be a cocktail series outside of Europe, if this is going to be a European edition only. Otherwise, they'd have to make two cocktails a year. And that just doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, but you could say that about a lot of Sailor releases. It, it, and it's also hard to keep up with them nowadays. It's almost like these Toner & ink releases. There's too many to keep up with.
0: <laughs> you're right, you're right. And um, speaking of too many to keep up with, let's talk about this blue calm that you put into uh, to the notes.
1: Yes, there's another one. Uh, let me bring up the link to remind myself. Yeah, it's... and I feel like I've seen it before, <laughs> but, um. Yeah, so this is something for for Kyushu, right? Uh, it's a set on Yes, um, it's a Bungu.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a slim um, twenty thousand Japanese yen, and it seems to be, uh, it seems to be made for this uh this brand um bungu Mm. and um yeah original manetsu uh blue calm and you can you seem to be able to buy it at three different stores uh you can buy it at crossland um tayama bungu and bungu sekatsu uh on rakuten now i think you're exactly right when you say i think i've seen this this pen before because it's just a translucent blue sailor pro gear slim yeah with uh with rhodium uh with rhodium trims i think the finial um the cap and the end butt uh, are darker blues i believe but to be honest um you know we, we keep coming back to this point about sailor releases and if you look at what the competitors are doing they're not releasing stuff every 2 or 3 days you know they're they're really strategic with their releases whereas sailor seems to just be you know whatever goes and i just can't understand how this can be good for their profitability um i guess they i, I guess you know the retailers are buying their inventory mm. so uh, it does help them to produce as many of these limited edition pens and, and whatnot. I just, it's too much. It's too
1: yeah, much. yeah, yeah. The the question is about about the, the pacing, right? Because there might be periods where there's nothing, and then suddenly and there are a whole bunch of new releases. Now, some of them might might not, you know, target the same market, especially you know if you have something exclusive for like the Hiroshima region, and and maybe that maybe that's not the same customers as you know, for you know the Negroni and so on, but it, but it must be uh, uh, some uh, logistical challenges. But also some of the some of the pens they have released recently, and that ties into other news, uh, like some of the the King of Pen size pens. You know, they they do one Urushi model, and then a few weeks later, there's another Urushi model. It seems a little bit too too close.
0: Yeah, and my problem with this actually is that. Um, this is very easy to obtain for Japanese customers. You just yeah. go and you buy it. Yeah. And that's where I think um, I think um, uh, the Shizoka um, Kobashibungakan, right they do it really well because they make it hard mm. for you to buy it. And that gives you a reason to go and buy it when you can. Yes. Whereas these Sailor releases are just like, well, anybody and their grandmothers can go on Rakuten and and buy a a Blue Calm. So for me, it's not... For me, this is a standard line pen. Yes. It's not a special edition because I can go and buy it at any time.
1: Yes. Although, I mean, you're saying that anyone can buy them, but, you know, there's one fairly recent phenomenon that has changed that dynamic a bit and that is that there's been uh, I think recently more and more of these sort of scalpers that you know whenever there's a new pen by Hachimondia or Pentonote they buy up a large chunk of the inventory and you so you can only buy it through them for for a significant markup so I, I wonder if I wonder if that makes it a bit harder, even in Japan, for people to. to I mean, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not the target customer because I rarely buy this myself. But I wonder how fast these pens actually sell out from the original retailer. Yeah, I wonder too.
0: I mean, it, it's always a, a curiosity for us, right? Mm. Okay. Um, shall we keep going with Sailor? I think yeah, we're we're in a good Sailor role. Yeah, let's do it. Um, last year they released um, Sailor Kaiha. And I remember mm. being um, told unofficially that the Kaiha was kind of like um, Nagahara Jr.'s retirement pen. Mm. Yes.
1: Do you remember um, this conversation? Well, I remember she said that this was... Uh, because he did a, uh, Naginata broad, right, and his yes. uh, his apprentices did the the, the others did the the medium and medium fine, and it was yeah. clearly the, I mean it was we know it was the last pen he worked on the last n- nibs he worked on at Sailor. Yes. So you know
0: people all uh, discuss the kaiha as kind of like you know the last retirement ish pen. Yeah. In Nagahara. Uh, and now they're releasing the Koen. And what's interesting for me about this pen is that, um, first of all, there's no Naginata broad. Oh. Second of all, Kaiha was released only in the Naginata. But um, but the new pen actually has some normal uh, or regular nibs uh, attached to them as well. So I believe you can get them... In both the Naginata kind of M, uh, yeah, NM, mm. uh, NMF, I believe, mm. and then you can get them in sort of the more regular like uh, B,
1: MMB uh, that they come with. So the, these are, I remember the, the Kaiha was ebonite, right? this is also ebonite, right? This is, uh, yeah, red ebonite. And, and to me, that's the most interesting part of the pen, because I assume this means this is made by, by Nico Ebonite, right? But this is, yes. this is one one of the prettiest Ebonites I've ever seen. So I wonder, yeah. Uh, this, this yeah, is, I uh, think so. I mean, we, we, we talked about how, how Eboya's Ebonite pens are just beautiful. This, this is even almost like one step above that. So this is really stunning Ebonite.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the Kaiha was also super, super uh, beautiful as well. Yeah. This, you know, has kind of even flecks of green in it. I mean, they've outdone themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really looks like a, a, quite a, like a complicated Urushi design,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, it, it's really cool. And I, I've seen some places call it like laminated ebonite. I, I obviously don't know how ebonite is made, right. but it, it's it's pretty cool, yes. especially since the ebonite that we see nowadays are more... I. I say like tame whereas before especially in the US you had stuff like you know um the red ripple kind of a uh, special mm. ebonites i think they're trying to do something similar to that which i think is very interesting yeah for sure and now looking at the nibs um i see that they have it in the standard m and naginata m and those mm. are... and then you also have uh sorry um mf m and b and for me, that's uh that's quite interesting because I don't think they ever had an MF for Naginata uh, for
1: um King of Pens. I think it was always M and B. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. I I I I, I imagine King of Pens King King of Pen names being just M and B. Uh, in, in, yeah. in, the, in the regular lineup.
0: Yeah, but then the press release says "Jihaba wa chūso not line mm. so that could be interesting too.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yep, yep. Because I, right. I think I think that's one of the. I mean, I've heard from people that you know they they like the King of Pen, but they like they they have a you know small handwriting. They want a finer nib, and there was no option available. So maybe this will make it also more attractive to people who want the a King of Pen size nib.
0: Yeah. Um, let's talk about pricing, though. I mean this this will not be uh, cheap. This is going to be almost two thousand dollars. so it's it's hefty. And it's the same pricing as the uh, as the
1: Kaiha. but but the Kaiha was expensive partially, I mean, I mean a big part of the price was of course the fact that it was a a Naginato togi, right. So are you saying that even the regular nib options have the same price? Um, looking on their uh, online store, I don't
0: think I don't see uh, a page for their regular option. Oh. I only see Naginata Ebonyite the I see. I see. So um, at least that's going to be the same price. Right. And it will be very interesting to see how they price uh, this model. Hmm. Um, whether they prize the Ebonite, um, they prize the the nib, or they price the grind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: Yeah. And um so there's going to be just uh 400 uh, made. Um so this is going to be this is going to be interesting. It,
1: it is interesting but uh, and this ties into the next news I guess. There's been yes I, 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 Sailor for for a while, I think, didn't do that much interesting with their king of pens like lineup, but now suddenly in a short period of time, we have several different king of pen size, um, no, pens with king of pen size nibs, and and uh, it, it's a bit too much, I think.
0: Yeah, so they they came out with the the new urushi, right? Yes. So um, you're the urushi master, uh, as everybody knows. <laughs> Um, talk to me about urushi uh, talk to me about urushi well, um, what do you think about the, the new ones because they're they're like um, what, well, what, well, also,
1: there, there were two so I remember seeing I think it was on the Twitter feed uh, just a few weeks ago they they, they announced um, a a, 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 taminuri, a sort of very classical t- Taminuri design yeah. and then just like two three weeks later they announced these uh, pens with the ishime design that we talked about was the previous episode or the episode before so previous episode yeah yeah and and now you also have this 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 successor to to the to the kai so now we have like three king of pen uh, two of them two of them one with the ebonite uh, they're all they're all beautiful. they' beautiful. Uh, my personal favorite is the Ishime. i'm I'm very partial to to Ishime, but um, they're all very beautiful.
0: I personally really like this uh, this new Ebonite uh, version. I tried the Kaiha mm. several times and it is a pleasure to write with, especially the um, the NB. It's something that you don't uh, often get. it's it's practical for nothing mm. but uh, still it's a it's interesting as a as a pen right. and i'm looking forward to this Cohen. the other two i think are i just don't think they do ishime as well as as uh as platinum and i i don't think that they do kaminuri as well as platinum either oh. and i think okay i mean i'm not a platinum fanboy as anybody who listens to this podcast understands but i do have to say that platinum's um basic urushi is very nice and when it comes to Makia, i don't think anybody can beat pilot mm, i agree yeah um but for us plebs there are the um, there are cheaper pens that that they have uh they have released um, or not released but um i want to talk a bit about this uh fude de manden right um i didn't know that there was such a long history and it's not necessarily a new release or anything but um I think it's quite cool that uh, Fureden has now had a 25-year history. Yes. And so um, what really caught my eye was that Fureden
1: this pen, was actually invented by Ishimaru-san. At least he he was the one to to name it. And it was like a bad joke by him. Ah, yes, 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 yes,
0: yes. That's what you were... uh, Yeah, that's what it says. He named the pen. And I think that's just so cool because... We often don't hear Ishimaru-san's name enough right. uh, in, I think, the discussion around Sailor, mm. just in general, right? But he didn't always used to be a um, ink blender. He was working in the regular division mm. um, previously before he was uh, making inks and um, you know it, it's nice to see Sailor giving tribute to Ishimaru-san. Yeah, because I think they too often focus on Nagahara. And I think they've realized that they relied on the Nagahara name for too long. And so, you know, I I just think this is a really positive thing for everybody.
1: Mm. And what's also interesting to see that uh, maybe it's not too surprising uh, given that Ishimaru has been using it, but uh, they say that uh, Sailor used these um, Furinomani pens extensively internally for uh, ink development and and testing. Yeah, and I think, you know,
0: it's such a no-brainer. Yeah. All right. So I think that's all the Sailor news we have for this week. Thank goodness. I want to move to um, Platinum first. Yes. If it's okay. So uh, this not it's not going to be a long segment on Platinum, but they released a new Procyon. Yeah. So I'm not super familiar with the Procyon. I don't own a lot of Platinums. Can you tell me about Procyons?
1: So I think they. They released ProScian initially about, about one year ago and one of the, I mean, the, uh, the main selling point of the ProScian or one of the main features is that um, you, you can fill the, fill the pen even if you have very little ink left in the bottle because of that, what do you call it? The uh, the part of the feed where, where, where you suck like, like sucking ink is, is, is very close to the tip of the nib
0: yeah. Um. They they released this procyon. Um. It's it's almost like the pilot NS
1: to me. Yeah, but but initially, I mean, the the original procyon was around five thousand yen. Which I think is. Um. Yeah, it's.
0: I, I, <laughs> what, what, what I mean I, is that nobody wanted the procyon. Nobody was asking pa- platinum hmm. to make a new steel nib pen. Because the Preppy is one of the most beloved pens. Even in
1: Japan, you can buy them at supermarkets. It did have a kind of an interesting place in the lineup. I agree because it was just a tad too expensive for your, you know, like impulse purchase. But it was not quite, right. you know, a a gift pen. It didn't look, I think, like a a, a gift pen, like a graduation gift or anything like that. Um, but the same, I think, is true with and they have, Sailor. Uh, sort of platinum, they have a few pens like somewhere in the middle of their lineup. They have this like balanced and uh, cool. I think they also have just uh, sl- slightly a uh, cheaper, and they also have some lower end gold nib pens that also have are like in like five thousand yen range. So yeah. they, they do have a few pens sort of in, in the middle there. Um, but yeah, I didn't hear much about the portion. Um Actually, I I do remember now. Uh, that at was it last year's uh, this year's or last year's pen trading event, there, there was this presentation by uh, Platinum's president and he actually said that uh, I mean right now Percy is not doing that well and, but you know we, 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 we're hoping things will, will change. So it, it wasn't exactly a smash it, but now they have released a new model that is with more of a sparkly barrel.
0: Yeah, so it's a metal barrel and they're charging 8,000 yen for this. Yes. For me it's it's unconscionable because you can buy a you can buy at retail price, right? For a, a new 3776. Um not 8,000 yen but mm. 10,000 yen, yes.
1: At the same time, I think the new Procyon far more than the the regular one, the initial release, is something you might give someone as... uh, It's more more of a gift pen, I think. It it looks interesting enough to be a gift.
0: So let's take a look at what they changed, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, they changed something... For me, um, it's, let's say, air air quotes, interesting, um, kind of slash silly. Uh, first of all, they they changed the barrel material, which is not that uncommon, honestly. Mm. Right? They 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 made it a metal uh, barrel. It's probably aluminum of some sort. Mm. Uh, gives it some sparkling. and can do all sorts of things with aluminum in terms of color. So that's mm. great.
1: I, yeah, I, I think I think that the new colors are are, are nice though. Um, but but there's there's one more part to this story that I think is interesting. So when you go to Platinum's official Instagram account where, where they you know where they where they talk about this pen, where they announce this pen. Uh, they have a link there to where you can buy it. And it's not it's, it's not like again, um, a major retailer, it's not Platinum's uh, own website. It's it's one of those stores I like penstars.stores.jp and stores.jp is kind of a, like a spot uh, sorry a Shopify kind of thing where you, you're like a small um, a small shop, uh, like, like you want to sell your own inks or like Deco Kakono or like, like, uh, like, like small business, really, right? Uh, it's, you don't associate Stores.jp with like major retailers. But for some reason, uh, Platinum has to decided to promote this pen start of Stores.jp as, you know, close to the official place where you can buy these Prochon pens sorry um i have to uh make a revision to what i just said um
0: um the old ones were also aluminum yeah Ah, so so this makes a bit more sense now uh, in terms of the new colors but the pricing i think it still bites at me and especially as you say this stores.jp is just it's kind of weird and you mentioned to me this is almost like the closest thing that they have to an official online store
1: Yes, who... and it's and it's not, not even it's not even owned by Platinum. It says that it's, it's like a, a former um, former employees it, have um, set it up the store officially
0: recognized at, by Platinum, but it doesn't say yes. that it's Platinum's official store.
1: Yeah, if you if you go to about, it says like Platinum is yeah, yeah, an yeah. you know, OB member.
0: The... <laughs> but then if you go to their Instagram, you see. Um, two pictures of cats, uh, a sideways picture of some kind of landscape, and four people's butts.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not even making this up. It's literally four <laughs> people's butts. Posted in 2012. So, I don't know. I mean, flatness... <laughs> Japanese brands, I mean they need to really uh, step their game up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they only sell yeah, um yeah. I think they only sell um platinum stuff. Um and we're finally yes. ready to talk about know. the um Ilmili. So right. you know, let let's take a deep breath after after these butts. Um the Ilmily is a new brand from Pilot. And I actually had finished um, shopping at at Bungu Joshi. And then we went to do the final lap around the the venue. And that's when we saw Ilmili. And notably, I think, Pilot doesn't usually show at these events. It's the first time that I've seen Pilot um, showing at a stationary event uh, like this. And they've debuted their Ilmili. And considering that Bunga just literally means uh, stationary girls, and Ilmili's uh, yeah. stated mission is to create a stationary brand that, um, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, for women, but th- their main target are female customers.
1: Yeah, they they are really they they're actually saying that in the press release, like a Yoshio. Yeah. So they're not excluding men,
0: but their their main target are women. And yeah, I tried some of their pens. As far as I can tell, the ones that I tried, at least, they are rebranded G2s. The difference between mm. the Pilot G2 and the Ilmili are the colors. And they had like 12 or 13 colors. Now, right. the G2 has a lot of colors too, but they're usually um, like very uh, saturated, strong colors. Like uh, they have black, blue, red, green, orange. Some uh, I think purple are the ones that are, uh, is one mm. of them that's kind of more rare. These new Ilmili pens have colors that look like desaturated ink. So I'm talking about, like, the sherbet colors. I'm talking about, like, you know, um, Ferris wheel press type of desaturated inks. And to me, it's it's interesting that they felt the need to create a new uh, brand entity for that. Um, And what it says to me is that they're taking this segment of the market very seriously. I don't know what that says about their fountain pens in terms of more uh, interesting fountain pens. I don't know. Um, But at least they're taking this um, segment more seriously. And I think that if the Ink Numa continues to grow at this pace, they may be interested. I'm not saying that they are going to be, but it could provide them an incentive to create something that isn't just a black pen with gold trims.
1: Yeah, I mean that. That's also. I mean, th- that was my first thought too. I mean, I, I don't realistically think this will happen. But I, what I'm hoping for is to see some kind of revival or continuation of like the Il-Gisugu line or something like that with more, um, more uh, like uh, pastel-colored ink inks uh, under this brand. That would be fantastic. I don't think it will happen, but I'll yeah. be very happy. and
0: if it inks come, then pens have to come.
1: That's my opinion. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah, I um, agree. So we've finally gotten, um everything on our uh, on our notes done. Anything?
1: I have I have one little thing that I just read before uh, before the podcast. I wanted to sort of quickly mention. So um, we talked a few episodes back about this guy uh, Gary who makes his own iron gold inks and he's quite an iron gold ink aficionado and he regularly buys uh, the latest uh, the uh, uh, pe- pelican blue black from the very latest batch and he conducts his tests to figure out if it's uh, a- iron gold or not not and apparently this magazine shumino bungobaku stated recently that pelican ha- has moved away from iron gold to the standard um, dye-based ink but he just today did a post when he said that he bought the very last, last latest batch as of december December 2020 and he did his tests. and the latest one called 19j batch 19j is still iron <laughs> gold so if you want pelican blue black iron gold it's still it's, okay it's, it's still <laughs>
0: all right perfect um maybe one or two questions simple questions um, sure alright so Jez on Instagram asks uh, thanks for sharing your experiences at Ink Numa last week a new UK ink club formed on Facebook breakout from a f- uh, fountain pen group and they're already talking about buying and swapping inks we are voting for our first group buy Kyo no Oto are coming out on top so my question is, what Japanese inks or ink manufacturers would you recommend for an overseas audience, particularly ones that are not seen much outside of Japan? Jacob, any thoughts? Yeah, oh, I think that's this an is a one. very interesting
1: question. Um yeah. One uh, one uh, ink that comes to mind that we have talked about is uh, Pen Salon's uh, Kiboho, but it might be hard yeah, to I buy that one. Yeah, I think that's definitely
0: one. One that popped out to my mind is Tayama uh, Color Traveler.
1: I think yeah, I think you can buy them overseas. I think like Shigure Ink maybe has Color Traveler, but yeah, yeah they're not be that Interesting. Common. You've tried these those inks though, right? I mean, what did you think about them? Well, so first of all, I think um, think they're actually rebranded. So Color Traveler by Tayama Bunga, I think they were sold under the Tayama Bunga brand before. So I think they've actually been around for for a while, at least some of those inks. Uh, Yeah, I tried the one called Time for Whiskey. I thought it was a really beautiful sort of uh, amber type uh, ink, and I really like their... uh, uh, Miyoshi Peono Purple, that's a very beautiful uh, purple yeah. ink, I really like that one. Um,
0: and then maybe just one last question, Uh, Joe Taylor from Instagram asks, "Uh, Hi, I appreciate what you do to educate us in the US about Japanese stationery. What is the significance of the Zoom nib for Sailor? I have a couple, one ground and one knot, and I love them, but they don't seem to have the versatility of the line variation like a Naginata but are also totally different from a typical BB or music. So why exactly does it exist? And why is it called a Zoom? Thanks. And I think the Zoom nib um, is probably a nib that we're going to have to dedicate an entire separate episode to. Um, the quick answer now is we don't know. Um but I, I do yes. have some points that maybe I want to say here, just as a prelude. I think the zoom and both of us we agree about this. It's kind of like an unfinished naginata, especially in the way that yes, it's ground. Exactly. And you can see that in the facets, the, even the shape of the facets that uh, that they grind on the the zoom. The zoom is not just a random blob of you know tipping. It's actually ground very mm. specifically, and. It's like an angular naginata. So the point is to make a nib that has the versatility of writing in several different, um, let's say, nib widths. But it's not something subtle like, let's say, the naginata. So naginata, even slight changes in angle can change your nib width, right? For the Mm. zoom... I think that you have to be much more deliberate uh, about changing the angles otherwise it will I guess it will scratch on on, on the facets
1: yeah I, I I wonder how how significant that is because to me that seems more more of a novelty like I mean it's it's not convenient to write holding a pen completely vertically right so maybe if you need to write like a few characters, that might work, right? But it's not. I want. I wonder how. I wonder how big of a selling point that is, because it seems almost like, like, like a gimmick. I think there's something else to it. Just like you know, sometimes you hear people describe the naginata toge in that way that we did the naginata toge depending on the the angle angle you get broad or thin strokes. But I think that's more of a sort of an, um, a side effect of the fact that it's mm-hmm. meant for this harai stroke, right?
0: Yeah. So I guess, again, in short, the answer is we don't know. Uh, we have to do more research before we can really uh, commit on an answer to this. But certainly it's something that we're uh, we're interested in looking into. Okay, and then, uh, yeah. sorry, I'm just going to read one last question because this is hilarious. Uh, so it's Vladimir from Word of Mouth, and the question is just Toma, full stop. So I think he wants us to talk about Toma pens. Um, and maybe we'll uh, we'll <laughs> try uh, next year probably um, to to find out more about toma it has been on our radars for a while but uh, again we need to do more research on this yeah. so um, I love this question personally I think it's hilarious'll uh, we'll, we'll try to get
1: back to you maybe next year on a full episode on toma you're sort of wanting somewhat tangentially related to that so our, our good friend Alisa just posted a fantastic oh, yes. video about Tokyo pen, International Pen Show 2020 and, and anyone who is interested in this pen show, you should absolutely watch Alissa's video, we're gonna link link to it. I mean, she, it's, it's her best video uh, so far. But it was one thing that really caught my interest in that video and it, it was a table called Furuta. Furuta. Uh, yeah yeah and I I don't think I I noticed that table when I, when I was there Um, yeah, I didn't notice. and uh, no. and so so I, I did this on, some research but when I saw the video and maybe you already noticed but it turns out that this Furuta brand start was started by a guy a former a jsdf service member oh so he re- Yeah, he recently started is that he's been doing pens as a hobby for a long time. But now he, this year, April this year, he started um, a business. But the reason, to tie this back to the pre-forming point about Toma. Apparently this guy behind uh, Furuta, he's been training and continues to train with Kubo. Yes, his nibs Mm. are Kubo nibs. And I commented
0: uh, about that. Um, on Alessa's uh, mm. link on the Panatic Slack, you know, I think it's super impressive that they managed to get Kubo news. But if you're saying that he's yeah. actually training with Kubo, then that makes a lot of sense because we know that um, Toma, who is uh, the brainchild mm. of the man that owns Pen Cluster, I was told that he's exactly. also an apprentice exactly. of Kubo. Yeah. So again, you know, we are hobbyists who are maybe a bit too addicted so we we do go out of our way to find information about um <laughs> about pens but we're not experts on everything so you know hopefully we're going to be able to find more uh interesting stuff about these smaller um uh, which i don't mm. think there are so many um but we, we'll do our best to to find out more about toma about kubo mm. about zoom nibs uh, in our future episodes all right and with that i think uh yeah. i think that's a wrap um my name is cy you can find me uh on tokyostationpens.com you can find me on my instagram at tokyostationpens and you can find me on twitter at tokyostationmnh
1: and my name is jacob and i'm footer on instagram and on twitter and have a blog at footerfan.com bye-bye all bye. Right.